Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Anne Samoylov. Today, our topic is taking your side hustle full-time. I'm not going to be sharing my story. I've got a guest in here, and this is what she does. She helps people go from that side hustle to CEO, and she's going to share a lot of what it takes and help you get started today. So if you are in that space where you're just getting started, or maybe you have something full-time you're doing, but you really want to turn that side hustle into something that really is a business and it's something that you can do without having to go to that full-time job, well, then you'll want to keep listening. All right? I'll see you on the other side. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done for you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. Oh my gosh, so welcome back to the podcast. Today we're talking to Dr. Courtney Baker. She's the founder of the Women in Business podcast. She's a business growth strategist, and she's been named Texas Business Woman of the Year. She's a CEO and founder of the multi-million dollar company, Kids Care Home Health. She hosts that podcast with guests like Jamie Ivey and Amber Lillystrom. She's the creator of the From Side Hustle to CEO Academy, which opened in fall, just recently opened, depending on when you're listening to this. And she's been featured on Forbes, TEDx, Fox News, Pepsi, ESPN, Sports Radio, Lockheed Martin, iHeartRadio, and the Huffington Post. Now, Courtney is amazing because she is so down to earth, so likable, and yet so inspiring. And so I'm really going to dig in with her today on this whole idea of having a side hustle, how to bring it full time. And we're really going to be talking about people who have service-based businesses, who have skills they want to provide to other people without having to be like, on the team necessarily. So if this is you, if you're a coach, if you're a designer, if you're someone who has a skill, like maybe even a project manager, or maybe someone who's a consultant, someone who works with clients, today is your day. Okay. And the way to launch this kind of a business is a little bit different from a course launch or uh, a mastermind launch or a coaching program launch, but there is there is some nuances to it, and we're also going to talk about how to scale those service based businesses. So even if you've already gotten started, I think you're going to get a lot from Courtney and learn a lot just from her story and see all the things that she has gone through to get to this point. I so can't wait for you to meet her and get to know her. Um, and yeah, let's get started. Let's dive over. Let's dive over. Let's dive in. Okay, see you there. 
Welcome to the show, Courtney. I am really excited to get to know you better, to find out what you're all about. I like, from just like the few minutes we were chatting, I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. We're going to just chat. We're just going to have a nice conversation. So. Oh, thanks, Anne. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. And I'm excited because I'm, I'm, you know, I have talked about side hustle, going from side hustle to full time, but I know that I am not a model for the way to do it because I <laughs> often make things more difficult on myself. And I, I know that there are a lot of folks who are listening to this podcast who are still in that mode where they're trying to, they're trying to kind of straddle back and forth that, you know, maybe that one main client or that one job. And then they have like a little pocket of time to grow things out. And, you know, that, that process is hard, whether you're, whether you're easing out of like that one retainer or whatever you want to call it to something that where you're serving more people or it's Mm -hmm. a job, like it's not something that you can do really overnight. Right. Exactly. So we'll get into that. But before we do, I mean, I would love to just know more about you and about your story and how you started and maybe what you're doing right now. Oh, well, thanks for having me on. And yeah, so I started, it's, it's my adult journey, um, as a single teenage mom and, um, put myself through college and got my degree in communication disorders and sciences, which is just fancy for speech pathology and moved back home to Texas to, um, start my career and get married and then have a baby. And, um, in the middle of that whole process, through a opening a company in the mix. Um, we'll actually be in October and we'll be 16 years old. So, but when I started the company, it's called Kids Care Home Health. And it was just me with 10 little speech therapy patients. And today we have over 600 employees in three states. And we have gosh, we've served over 60,000 children with special needs through. Mm-hmm. Speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing. Wow. I mean, can I just stop you for a second? Because I'm like, I'm just thinking about all the layers of things that you were doing and you achieved and becoming a mom in your teens. I mean, there has to have been a lot of lessons there. And a lot of probably, um, I don't want to say like, well, you know, when you go through big things, there's no way you can't be learning like like at, an, at a, like a faster rate than you would normally, you know? Absolutely. I mean, and I think the biggest lesson is perseverance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So, so you, you've created that. And now I think more recently you're actually teaching people how to do that, how to maybe, maybe not create like the big organization you have right now, but at least create that initial organization or business where you're serving, you know, serving different clients. Right. And so in 2012, I went back to school and I got my doctorate degree in organizational leadership, which is just, you know, leadership for businesses. And through that research that I, my dissertation research, I found the four obstacles that women go through when climbing or advancing their careers or climbing the corporate ladder. And one of them 
of one of the four was that um, gender-based discrimination. Now, I really went into my research thinking it was going to be the good old boys club holding women back. And there are still instances of that, but it's coupled with um, stereotypes and women are damned if we do and damned if we don't. And then the good old boys club, who I lovingly refer to as Bubba, and he's still <laughs> out there. And yeah, I am from Texas. Um, <laughs> Bubba likes steak, but um, <laughs> he's still out there and he likes to convolute our paths. And um, not all men are like that, though. And then also what shocked me more than anything was how many women talked about other women who um, convoluted their path and made it harder for them to advance. And so I just thought, you know, if I have all this business knowledge and now the research that shows me I, I can help women create strategies to get beyond these four challenges. Mm. And that coupled with research that uh, Lean In along with McKinsey and Company found that we are over a hundred years away from gender equality at the C level. And honestly, oh. Anne, that just pissed me off. Yeah. And I thought that just gave what? me the chills. I was like, what? It infuriates me. And so I just thought, what can I do to decrease that gender gap for my daughters? And so that's why I have a program now called From Side Hustle to CEO that helps decrease the gender gap through helping women build their own businesses. I love that. And, you know, actually, as you were talking, I'm like, I am sure like that this is also valuable for the people who actually decide not to quit their day job you know yeah. it can't help but not empower them and and really no matter if they're in the job or not they are still at that ceo like internal ceo level mm -hmm. um so did you mention you said bubba you said <laughs> um other women and stereotypes what about women just i guess all of those things kind of create then this internal mindset thing I would think with women holding we're holding ourselves back because yeah of these well, things that we believe are existing across the board you know or even when they're not in our face necessarily and that's one of the four challenges so the four main challenges were family obligations the second one was limited advancement opportunities the third was gender-based discrimination but the fourth was how many women lacked confidence mm. And I just thought, you know, it's because when women are walking down that path where it's maybe convoluted or hard and we have that internal dialogue, we don't have anybody in our corner who has the business knowledge to help us really support us on that journey and how many women lack true mentors. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing now. I love that. I love that. And and, you know, before we get into like exactly like what you suggest, you know, just some suggestions for, for people, I, I want to just say that I am, and I don't know if my daughter's going to like veer the other way and just be like, yeah, I don't want your life, but <laughs> she might, she's only 11, but I always tell her that I never, 
I always want to make sure that I have the capacity to create money, to create rev, to create an income revenue myself. And that I don't yeah. necessarily, it's not that I don't think having, uh, having jobs and positions and work over like the 15 or so years that I did work in other people's businesses and jobs, that those weren't valuable for me. However, I never want to leave that up to someone else. And mm. so I can already, like, I try not to push too hard in the whole starting your own business thing, but I can already see that she's definitely like, no one's going to be the boss of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So. Well, and when I, right after I finished, um, I actually wrote a book called Unlimited Conquering the Myth of the Glass Ceiling. And the reason I did that was because I, I went into it thinking, you know, what can I do to d- decrease the gender gap? And I looked at the corporate um, setting and I thought, you know, if women are 50% of the pool of the workforce and 50% of mid-level management, but only less than 5% of CEO levels in the S&P 500, what can I do to help decrease that gap? Because when you tell a little girl, you know, about this glass ceiling that's Mm going to stand in her way, then she automatically becomes a victim. Yeah. But instead, if you say, look, here are the four challenges you're going to face, and it's going to be like a maze or a labyrinth, and you're going to hit these walls, and that's going to be where the challenges are. But let's create strategies to get beyond these walls and these these turns. Then the power is in her hands to yeah. create those strategies. And so that's why I titled it Conquering the Myth of the Glass Ceiling. I love that. And and you know what? And I am I I definitely am really careful about the way that I speak about this because mm-hmm. I honestly I worked in a very what I look back now and think, well, I was really one of the few women who ever was in that company or that office even and it, it's just a it's in, but it's, it has changed somewhat now, but it was in animation, visual effects. It was just like a computer, computer, computer graphics world. And so most of the artists that we worked with were, were young guys, young men. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, but that, that has changed, however, and I never really felt like somehow, like I was being held back and I, you know, we're, we're always working on like the, the way you're looking at things, the perspective. And I always feel like there's opportunity everywhere. I never look at like, oh, well just fine. That's a lesson. That's interesting. Or maybe that's that person, you know, really, instead of just making blanket statements, you know, so that, cause mm-hmm. I definitely don't want her to have a bad taste in her mouth about working with someone. Cause maybe she'll have an amazing opportunity. Right. Exactly. And that's why I want girls to see that the power is really in their hands and not, um, you know, this object that they can't see it or taste it or feel it or touch it or anything. And and then really have that victim mentality that I think, you know, we've had for since, you know, the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely don't like that mentality either. I mm-hmm. just, I def, and that is such a good point. And I'm going to remember this. I'm going to mm-hmm. like, uh, maybe I should like give her your unlimited book <laughs> to read a little bit later. She's not really there yet. She's, yeah. um, but okay. So let's talk about then, like, you know, I guess one of the ways in which you really are bridging this kind of gap and bringing more women really into this CEO, CEO role is mm-hmm. by, 
encouraging them to perhaps start their own businesses. Yeah. Then they do become that CEO. They have that choice. So, I mean, what are some things to know for people before they decide to even go that route? Well, first, I want them to look at their, you know, a lot of people say, what's your passion? Start a business to follow your passion. And I really, I disagree with that. I say, what can you do to solve a problem that really just pisses you off and be part of the solution? Because that's really where your passion is going to lie. And that's the first thing. Like, what can you do to be part of the solution? Oh, my gosh. Can I just tell you I love that because one of the first things I tell people to do in this other this one program is actually to create a rant because it's like the most heightened kind of like something you like you said you get pissed off about you're like you've got like because then you can speak from that place and that kind of you're not going to necessarily speak with anger when you speak to your audience but that intensity is what's going to draw people to you Absolutely. And, you know, I saw, I also saw in uh, March of 2015, there was a New York Times headline that wrote, that read, fewer women run big companies than men named John. And that was fuel to my fire. I was like, we have got to change this. And, and I'm not about pointing fingers. I, more than anything, it's let me, let me look at what I can do to help encourage women take that step on themselves, you know, for themselves instead of, um, well, you know, I'm mad at Bubba. Um, (laughs) So, you know, and and I want to make that very clear. I'm not about man bashing because that, you know, I I have a very supportive husband, but I really think, um, honestly, that we will never achieve gender equality at the workplace until we achieve gender equality at home. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing is if you're married, you know, is your spouse on board because you're about to give, you know, if if you do take this role as an entrepreneur, you're about to give birth to a business baby and you have to be fully committed because it will take over your life for a time. Yeah. And potentially off and on, it will take control. And I think that it's important to make sure that you're this, you know, the people that you live with, the people closest to you, your spouse, maybe your family even need to know what that's going to be about. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And starting yeah. it from that point of support is It's just going to make it so much easier. I mean, the people that I know who have husbands that never really got on board, never really got it. Well, you know, that's really, that's a really hard place to be growing a business. It is. And you have to find that support somewhere, Um, whether it be, you know, your spouse doesn't understand, but they support you. It's not even looking for necessarily agreement, but just an understanding of this is important to me. And um, I ask that you support it. Yeah. What do you think about the the kind of idea? Because I know that when I first started, I felt like some sense of like, I needed to prove that it was a worthwhile venture. And I don't think that's necessarily healthy. I really mm-hmm. like the approach that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, and were you proving it to you or were you proving it to someone else? Maybe at the time I was proving it to someone else. Like, mm-hmm. see, see, yeah (laughs) you know this is is needed it is needed you know so Uh but I'm I've let that go over the years but still you know that's definitely something um like what you're saying I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm I've definitely always been the type of person that I'm just like I don't need any I don't need your permission and I'll just Mm -hmm. go do it and that's not 
a great way to behave when you are in a partnership like a marriage. <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I'm the same way, Anne. Um, I'm like, are and, you going to tell me? Are you my father? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me tell you what this how this is going to work. Um, <laughs> I love it's that. Gonna play out like this. Um, yeah, and and really, I mean, I remember when I had uh, my business. I opened it in October, but I had a four month old daughter, and my husband was working the night shift. It was right after September 11th, mm. and it was a crazy time, but he was one of my biggest supporters. I mean, he, there were days where he'd come home and I'd have the covers over my head and he would pull the covers off and he'd say, get up. If it was easy, everyone would do it. You got a job to do. Get out of bed. Wow. So, you know, and, and you don't have to have that level of support from your spouse necessarily, but you have to have it from someone because it gets hard. So who's your tribe? You know, it's yeah. knowing who's your tribe. And then also, what are your finances? What are you able to do financially to support this venture? And can you start part-time? Um, we think of, you know, you've got to just put in your your notice and in two weeks have a fully operational business. But that's not reality um, for everyone. And what can you start doing in the meantime to start growing this business and, um, you know, whether it be, and I, I walk through this in, in my uh, course called From Side Hustle to CEO, but it's, you know, starting with getting your um, business entity, your appropriate business entity, and um, looking at what you can do on your plate versus what you need to maybe outsource, like a website or or social media or whatever that is, legal things. Yeah. And then um, getting your business finances, you know, it's all those steps, practical, tactical steps that need yeah. to be taken. You know, there's a woman um, that I'm friends with who also, she was doing consulting for many years and um, design work and different things. And I just loved, because <laughs> I feel like she is, she kept her, she keeps her husband in the loop and on board and they talk about, you know, the business finances part of it. And that's one thing I feel like I failed at. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. when I first started this, it's like, I didn't want to share anything with anybody because why? I don't need to be questioned, but I really feel like that actually takes a lot of that pressure off to just be like, Hey, we're at this, we're at this now. You know, I've been doing this side hustle because then it gives you like, then it, then it really paints this entire picture for your spouse um, to be like, wow, you you're really doing well. This is, you know, are you sure you want to stay at your job? Like it, it then becomes a conversation, not that you're just like, I think I might quit my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drop this bomb on you and walk yeah. away. And I think that it's also getting that um, that buy in yeah. at that level. It makes it all the difference. Yeah. And it's like somebody else confirming. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually real. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if someone didn't get it to begin with, you know? Yeah, exactly. And uh, get them excited for you too. Yeah. And then, you know, I, and actually, to be honest, this is just like any business, even if you're not like getting other people on board, having them feel like they're part of the business, mm-hmm. that is the way you build confidence and trust in what you're doing. And so you have to do that same thing at home. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And those taking those steps, and that's why I really focus on all four of the facets of the um, obstacles that women go through, because helping them know what steps to take helps alleviate the ambiguity and that grayness of walking through trying to set up a business when I'm like, here, here's the roadmap. Let me help you. Yeah. Now, do you think, my question is, do you think that it's, because, you know, a lot of people are starting their online businesses and offline businesses, coaching, consulting, all that. What do you think is like the, I don't want to say the easiest, but the, I mean, kind of the easiest, the most straightforward type of business to start with that doesn't maybe require a ton of technical setup. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I kind of feel like I know the answer, but I'm just curious what you think, because I know some people start with courses and that can be, they'll be struggling for years trying to figure out how to, you know, make yeah. it work. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and a course really is a product. When you start with a service-based business, then you're actually able to do the the job and then, you know, build your following and build your tribe and build your um, resources. And then that'll help you know, oh, I do have a process that I can teach or a skill that I can show others through a course. Um, But I would not jump in and start just with a course. Yeah. Or a product or something like that. Like, yeah, I I really love, I have always loved the the kind of path where if you're going to teach something, teach it to one person, give them Mm -hmm. that kind of coaching, consulting, whatever strat, whatever you call it, that be that strategist for that person or for multiple people. And then it just helps you get your process down. And that's really what a course is. It walks you through a process. So if you can do that and, and also like we're talking, I mean, that's building out a course based on like a service is your way to scale it. I would think, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, among other ways, to do mm-hmm. it. But do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, that's that's probably what you think. It's just service-based business. Start that. Yeah, it is. It is service-based businesses. And, you know, what's growing in your industry, one of the things that I really help women, uh, mostly women, um, do is uh, creating their own service-based business with a lot of them have been creative entrepreneurs. So um, social media uh, managers, mm-hmm. um, photographers, videographers, wedding planners, um, event planners. So those are the type of, of industries I've worked in. I love that. I love that. So um, do you have any guidelines for people? I mean, I know that before you qu- quit your job, and I will tell you after what I did, but um, before <laughs> you quit your day job, like are there any things that someone should consider beyond, you know, you know, making sure you kind of have at least somewhat of an understanding if, if you live with someone or there's a spouse, uh, in the picture or family or anybody who needs to know, um, is there anything that people should consider before they actually say, okay, I'm quitting tomorrow or whatever. How do you figure that out? Yeah. So we would, um, there's this, In my course, there's actually a module that talks about let's look at your finances and also look at if you're um, doing a competitive analysis to look at who else is in your industry, what are they pricing, how can we price your model, and 
then based on that, how many customers are you going to need or clients, however you want to phrase that. And then um, let's create some kind of a goal. So if, if you need 10 clients to be fully operational, let's create a goal to get three or four or five before you put in your notice. Yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah. So you're not just jumping off the cliff with mm-hmm. no parachute. Yeah. Because I'm not for that either. Yeah. I don't want to set people up to fail. Yeah, no. I mean, it is, I can imagine for you, it might be like, you know, there are people who are just itching to like, I quit my day job. And you're like, do you have a plan? Do you have a yeah. plan? You're like, yeah. okay. It kind of is a little bit scary because you're like, okay, I really hope that they thought everything through and they mm-hmm. listen to me. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and one of my, my first mentee did that, but she had already planted seeds. She's a social media uh, manager, or she now runs an agency. She started in September of 2018 and now has a full-blown agency with six contractors. I love um, that. And hit six figures in her first year. Which is and- Awesome. That's great. That's the way that that happens is having like a really clear, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she had already, we'd already worked together to create her LLC and get her domain and, and, and do those really straightforward tactical things um, before she quit. And then when she quit, it was go time because she'd already planted seeds to find people to work with. Plus she does video and photography on the side. So she was able to do things like that to start getting out there and networking and generating revenue. And she just took off. It was awesome. That's so great to see. That's so, I love that. I love that so much. So I'm going to just tell you really quickly what, what I did when I, my last, when I call it my day job, I was still working from home. I was working for an online company, an online entrepreneur. And at that point I had been full time for a couple of years with her, but I already knew that I was going to like that whole side story. I, I, I figured it out. She kind of knew that I wanted to just be full time doing my thing. I'd been launching my course for two years, a couple times a year while working for her. And that was just a nightmare trying to do that. But, mm-hmm. and I'm, I wish I actually wish that I had known you then because then I would have probably <laughs> talked to you more about this because literally what I did was I knew I decided I would give her notice. I kind of gave her three months, maybe even four months notice. I helped her find the replacement. I helped. But really what that time was, was I was still getting paid. I was looking for my clients who were going to fill the spots, like different things that I was going to do. And I was planning, okay, when am I going to launch again? The course, but I also need clients. And I pretty much just did the, I need to just at the very least replace all of this income, even though like that I would receive in a year from her. But I Mm -hmm. put that on myself for, for like that I needed to have for six months, um, for some reason, but it was, it was challenging, but I did it. Like, I think that whatever the plan is, as long as you make one and you mm-hmm. get other people to help you with it, like you, then you're setting yourself up for success. Not like, yeah, now I have to go back and find another job. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it depends, you know, once you take that rug out from under you, it's incredible 
how much success you have because you don't have a plan B. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not that I encourage that. I always want to go with plan A, um, but let's let's really make a clear path, a clear map to get through plan A before, you know, you have to pivot. Um, but, you know, it always works out. Yeah, it really does. It And I have to just, because I know this for myself that, and in times when I was stressed out or just like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Like you just, it like fires your creative mind and, and you just find the solutions. So mm-hmm. I do think it's possible. And I always told myself that I can find 10 million jobs after this if I need to. You know, at that point I was like, don't worry if this doesn't work, if things aren't working in the next six months, I will... I even didn't even give myself much time. And I said, you know, I'm, I can easily get, get another job. I can even go back to that woman. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, that's always an option. And I, I do tell my mentees and, and people that I work with, when you leave, leave on solid, good standing. There is no reason to burn a bridge if For you sure. don't have to. Um, and I'm very, you know, let's take the high road always um, because, you know, Sometimes you you put your resignation in and they get spiteful. And I'm like, you still, you hold your head high and you do what you need to do. Um, you know, and, and the, the appropriate way is to just leave in good standing as, as much as you can. Yeah. I mean, how many stories? I've, I feel like I've heard several stories of people boasting about how they left their day jobs. And to me, that actually was a little bit disturbing because yeah. you don't... You just literally never know in your life how people are going to come back around to you and how, you know, I don't know. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just not in integrity with me to do that kind of thing, to be like, I'm out of here, you know, or whatever. Agreed. This job is soul sucking or whatever the yeah. thing is, you know, you don't yeah. do that. No. And you have to, you have to leave walking out as a CEO, That's right. as a, I'm a CEO and I'm going to behave and hold myself to a higher standard than that because they may be a referral partner. You just don't know how that's going to play you really out. Don't. And if, and, and uh, thinking in terms of if you are maybe doing something that is similar to the role that, you know, like in your skill set that they were aware of, you don't even know if they might hire you as a consultant at some point. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. And 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 I think that that's so important to really make sure that you know if if you're in a service-based industry and you're in a specific location then chances are if that's your training then you're going to run into the company you've just left. So do it with integrity. For sure. For sure. And mm-hmm. yeah, I completely agree. I think that that's the way to go and it's just good karma. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because you're going to have employees one day too. That's right. <laughs> and you want to leave like you want to be left. That's right. So what do you think then? I mean, we kind of, we're kind of talking a little bit about like what happens if you like to be, to be leaving so that if you, if things don't work out the way you want to, that you can learn something from it and move forward. But what about the cases where people do go off and they do like, oh, it's not working. Like, do you like... I feel like that's important, first of all, to be like, in quotes, failing. I feel like it's important to feel that, to know what that is, and to figure out like how to get out of that. 
But I'm curious what you would say, like if someone came to you and said, okay, so I started this, things were great for six months. Now I'm not sure what to do. Because that initial fire is kind of subsided a little bit. Yeah. And I would say, okay, if you were good for six months, what were you doing? Did you, and and I actually, I have a client who is just texted me and she said, I may be coming back soon. Um, And the thing was, I, you know, success for me is when they don't need me any longer. Um, And she left her job she'd had for 12 years. She had an incredible start, but she put her feet up. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the whole first year is it's, as much as you think about just the hustle of starting a business, it's not just once you get your doors open. It's at least for the first year, solid, good, hard work. And you've got to make sure that you are okay with rolling up your sleeves to tackle the hard stuff. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest, I mean, it kind of, I felt that kind of foot feet up kind of thing, but I generally don't stay there for too long. And I just remember thinking that you can't just, and and I was actually seeing some other people do this too in their businesses and they had courses and different things. And you can't get comfortable like thinking, you know, everything about your customers or your ideal customers. You can't think, oh, well, I know. And you, you kind of always have to be pushing yourself mm-hmm. to know more, to find out different ways to grow, to follow up. You, you have to have that internal drive. And I, one thing I discovered is that if I'm not careful, I get lazy. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's, we discover our biggest kind of shadow shadow sides like the things we don't want to admit about ourselves that jobs keep us moving because it's somebody else sometimes and when we're on our own that that can be like oh wait yeah (laughs) I mean if you have a the tendency to coast um then this gig may be a little harder than others and you can there's definitely times where you've got to take care of yourself and invest in your you know health and wellness and overall work you know, through your entirety and not just your business. Um, but coasting for any long periods of time is dangerous because there's the only guarantee in life is that change is going to happen. That's right. Something is going to change. And it could be something as important as that audience and that, that ideal customer that you thought you knew everything about and, Sometimes that even changes. Those those people change, and the people who need your services will change. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. I mean, and that's an important thing to have your that your finger on that at all times, if nothing yeah. else. So, yeah. well, I I love this conversation just because it does take me back to when I was working with other people and always kind of thinking, you know, actually throughout even my years working offline in offices, like that I knew that I needed to be in working on my own thing because I take ownership even at work, you know, that isn't mine, like a company that isn't mine. I'm taking ownership right away. And I knew that that meant I was investing everything in someone else's livelihood. So anyways, I love this conversation. I do too. And I, of course, you're like, I do too, lady. Um, (laughs) But I would love to know how can people get to know you, um, find out more about your course, find out how to like, you know, if you have other resources that they can look up. 
Sure. Um, there is my website, and it's CourtneyBaker.com. And my first name, Courtney, has no U, so it's just C-O-R-T-N-E-Y. And then also I have a podcast called Women in Business. And we every Monday is um, a release of an interview of a woman who is an entrepreneur and her inspiring story. And then every Thursday is just business tips and advice and strategies um, with just me. And so that's out there. Yeah. And then um, I will I can have a freebie of the uh, for your audience of when to know if you're ready to quit your day job. Oh, I and love it's a, it. It's a little quiz. And it, do you have like, is there a URL? You can send us a URL. It's fine. I'll send it to you yeah, for this. And then the we'll note. post it in the show notes. So if you're Perfect. interested in checking that out, you can just open your app and you'll see all the links right there or go to the yeah. blog. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, Courtney, I am so happy we got a chance to chat. And I I know I've got a few ladies that I'm going to send in your direction. And, well, perfect. Thank <laughs> you. And I, I just loved it. So Thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's so good to meet you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Now that now that I know someone who's like a champion for women doing, oh, you know, yeah. going into the CEO world. I love that. Love it. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Take care. Thank you. You too. Well, all right. Thank you so much for joining me and Courtney for this really really interesting and I think important conversation, especially as it relates to women starting businesses and taking on this CEO role. I cannot wait for you guys to get to know Courtney better. So make sure to scroll down or head over to the blog and check her out. Click on any of the links. We've got everything that we mentioned, including the quiz, including her website, including her podcast. You've got lots of things to explore with Courtney. So if you are on the verge of maybe thinking of starting something or you've been starting something and you're ready to take it to the next step, possibly leave your day job, well, look no further than Courtney, okay? I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'd love to hear from you. So make sure to hit me up on DM on Instagram or on Facebook, or just hit reply to any of the emails you might receive from me and let me know what you think. And if you'd like to hear another guest, if there's someone you want to hear from or an industry you want to hear from or something that you're curious about, make sure to let me know. Okay. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you next Thursday.